With the turn of March, we come into a year now of being in various stages of COVID-19 lockdowns and restrictions. By now, many of us have become somewhat tired of hearing about the pandemic and just want things to get back to normal. But without going too deep into it, we just wanted to bring a little awareness to a common crisis that might not be so outwardly spoken about, and that is of mental health, and it should be taken just as serious. These are undoubtedly tough times, and it doesn't take having a mental illness to experience moments of significant mental distress. So when Tyler and I discussed the episode we wanted to air for you this week, we came to the conclusion to skip over what was scheduled to be episode three, The Pursuit of Meaning, and bring to you today episode four, The Undying Wings of Faith, in hopes that if you're someone out there who's going through a tough time, that you're not alone, and that there's more people rooting for you than you know. And if you don't feel that way, then just know that Tyler and I are here rooting for you. I hope you enjoy this week's episode, and if it speaks to you, please like and share this episode so that we can help get this message out. Thank you very much, everyone. And now to our show. So I'm working at the yoga studio when this GQ guy walks in with a three-piece suit and laced-up shoes like he just stepped out of Wall Street. Man, when I pushed through those doors and I saw Tyler standing behind that desk, he was wearing a turban, dhoti, and kurta in the middle of downtown Kelowna. I took one look at this man and my heart blossomed with the possibility that he's here to learn yoga. I took one look at him and thought, why is this white guy dressed as Aladdin? Sure enough, this man in a suit pulls out his business card and wants to make money off me. I had a plan that mutually served us both, and he agreed to meet with me to hear me out. On the condition he take a class. I took that class. I accepted that plan. And we've been arguing ever since. Welcome to our ongoing conversation. In this podcast, Toby and I tackle today's troublesome truths. With the goal of making depth comfortable. Empowering self-growth. We're going to be wrong about some things. And that's okay. We know that. This podcast is about the process of getting closer towards the truth. We're creating a safe environment to discuss things freely with the sole purpose and intent of expanding the way we live. I'm Toby. I'm Tyler. And this is is The the Self. self. All right, welcome back. This is episode four of The Self. I'm Toby. And I'm Tyler. Today I wanted to start this podcast with a little bit of writing that I put together when coming out of a particularly hard time for myself. And I hope that... If you're out there and maybe struggling with a little bit of a hard time, that this may serve as helpful to you as well. It's called Play Through the Fall. Following and understanding your heart is like learning to play the piano. We hear the notes and know their sounds, but we can find it hard to place our fingers on the correct key. We do not always know where to place our hands, but that we will know when we hear it's right. At times, our instrument falls out of tune, and it seems like no matter what key we hit, the sound will just not come out right. Sometimes we need to ask for help. Sometimes we need people to teach us and show us the way, but always we need to do that work ourselves. If you feel like you're struggling to find the notes, that is okay. It is part of the process. Do not dwell on missed keys, for missed keys are like ghosts and ghosts are real. Missed keys are regret. Missed keys are pain. 
missed keys are hurt, they are guilt, they are shame. They are our greatest failures and our hidden regrets. Sometimes you sit at the piano for hours trying to get the piece right, but it seems like no matter how hard you try, all you keep hearing are all these missed keys. That can weigh heavy and feel demoralizing. It can be shameful. It can hurt and make you want to quit the piano altogether. Well, no one likes hearing their missed keys, and even more so having others hear them. So we play behind closed doors, hide our practice behind walls, and with every missed key, those walls get a little thicker. Every missed note, they get a little higher, and that door gets a little heavier. We think behind closed doors we can master our practice, and then, and only then, once it's perfect, will you be ready to step out. Because we think walls are there to keep us safe. But walls don't work that way, do they? They never seem to. For some, the longer we sit and play in solitude behind them, the harder it ever gets to imagine stepping out from behind it. So we sit and we wonder, why did we learn to ever play the piano at all? Until we find that, that right note. And it gives us a glimmer of hope. It's a reminder that music is beautiful. Music is joy and music is pain. Music is sadness, hope, light, and laughter connecting all of us together. Some dance to different rhythms and some dance to their own. It doesn't need structure. It doesn't need logic or reason or purpose. Music just is, and it's worth sharing, even if it isn't always perfect. It's worth sticking through all the missed keys because in the end, the piece itself is so beautiful. It's not fair that we naturally only remember the beauty of it after we stop playing. After we stop focusing on all those missed keys and can appreciate the magic that's being created. But that's what makes music an art. You have to be dedicated to be an artist, to play piano, or to be a lover. Because whatever your music is, music is love. It's love and expression love and conception and love, the love that you hold within. So just like piano, love needs work. Love is not a skill you just memorize. It is a daily practice and a constant evolution of that expression. It is the whole process, missed keys included. So how do you prepare yourself to play out of the walls that you've built around all those missed keys? How do you prepare yourself for the world to hear your missed notes as you leap? Well, you play through the fall. And you play it harder than you have ever played before. Play it for yourself. Play it for the joy of playing, knowing there will be mistakes along the way. But do not hide away from your music. When we hold on to the fear or anxiety or regret of missed keys, we make the ghosts real. The longer we hold on to that shame or that guilt or that anger, the bigger we let them get and the larger they become behind thickening walls in an ever-shrinking room. So what do you do? What do you do when you're on the edge and you're not sure if you're ready to fall? Well, I think you have one of two choices. You stand there and crumble. Or you have a little faith. You lift off into uncertainty with no promise of reward. Yet you do so because you know you have to. 
because you know that nothing comes without a little risk. So it is with courage then that you leap, and on nothing but the undying wings of faith that you'll fly. And if you fall, know that you're loved. Know that if you reach out, someone will be there to hold your hand as you're falling, if you ask for it. You are not alone in facing the ghost of your missed keys, but you must face them, and you must play through the fall. And as difficult as it may be, one day those notes will come together. You'll begin to hear the keys slide into sequence as the piece sounds out the clearer. You remember why you learned to play piano. You remember it's because you have a song. So share that music and share your song. Mm. That's my opening piece here today, Ty. That's very nice. Oh my goodness. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful writing. The whole story, it's something that we all go through. It's, it's a beautiful thing of our life. These struggles that we have, these things that, that may take us to where we need to be can also hinder us in that mm-hmm. process. And that uh, struggle that we face to eventually awaken and see that there is a benefit to, uh, to this. Mm-hmm. There is goodness that will come out of this. And then at the end about um, walking with someone, there's something there. You know, when you make that leap, there's something there to help you. Mm-hmm. That spirit, that connection, mm-hmm. that divine spark that's within all of us. Once we start to be courageous and start to make those moves, it awakens and we're propelled with something that we weren't feeling before, something we weren't tapped into at that moment when we were maybe you know, isolating ourselves, staying away from people because we were insecure of the way we looked or the way it sounded. And you just want to kind of, oh, I I need to develop myself. You know, I think that's a part of the story was about Mm -hmm. the walls around you thinking that, you know, you need to achieve something before you're even acceptable. Yeah. And that that's such an old belief that like, you know, by the time I have an achievement, then I will have that confirmation of status in life. Mm -hmm. People will accept me. They will know who I am. I've earned my stripes. And then, you know, we get to that game of, wow, I earned all my stripes. I came out and the person in the room had more stripes than me. Oh, my goodness. Now what do I do? Got to go back? I didn't even get to shine? What is this all about? What is this for? And in that point, we can find ourselves in big turmoil. Mm -hmm. From that turmoil, though, there's that opportunity to flip the script and manifest something true with that spark, with that joy, that love for life. Finding your passion, finding that thing that makes beautiful music, however it looks, however it sounds. Mm -hmm. To you, it's the most beautiful thing. It brings light to the heart, a tear to the eye. (laughs) joy to people yeah it's brilliant i think i think yeah you you hit on something very sensitive i suppose i guess is the word there that i think a lot of people um a lot of people struggle with and i I don't know if it's if it is in correlation to our um you know our big shift in social media um and like that dependency on being accepted for putting yourself out there you know, being able to, to really 
showcase a piece of yourself. And I suppose this is more of a um, more of a surface level tick here um, to you know what what that writing was really about. But it expresses a deep part of that, which is when you put a piece of yourself out, your your music, whatever your music is, right? It's hard to f- understand that not everyone's going to jive with it. <laughs> not everyone's going to want to dance to it, right? And if you put it out there and you're like, man, okay, there was a hundred people who saw this and 10 people danced to it. Yeah. Did you, were you successful? Yeah, you, people danced. Well, that's, that becomes the question right there is that, is that, okay, well, where is your focus lie? Mm-hmm. Right? Is it on the 90 who didn't care or didn't like it or didn't pick, didn't feel it? Or do you put it on the 10 who did and say, okay, like, like that's the 10 that, that likes my music. When you're in the rhythm of doing something and it feels right, if you're doing that and you're getting 10 people who are like saying like, yeah, like, like I dig, I dig what you're doing. You can either look at it as, okay, I'm putting my heart into something and 90 people don't like it. Well, does that tell you that you're not doing a good job of it and this is wrong how you feel? Or is it, you know what? 10 people really do like it and 10 people are on board with what I'm doing. So what am I tapping into that's connecting with someone else? Mm-hmm. But it's a, it's a tough thing to do. And it is a very, you have to check yourself constantly and being like, okay, the most of the world may not jive with what I'm going to do, but I'm going to do it because I, I don't know if I have a choice to not do it. Hmm. What's the alternative? Is it bigger than me? I guess that that's, that's the piece of, of, of putting of putting your work out there because if you flip the script and you did what 90% of the people liked, did it really come from that place for you? Was that your song? Was that your music that you're sharing? Or are you just, you know, placating to what the mainstream will enjoy? Mm -hmm. I think that happens a lot with artists. Yeah. Just speaking about artists specifically there, right? I think, I think that happens a lot. And what is the most beautiful, I think, is when you see someone who's just really, full with themselves and they put a piece of, of, of what they love out there. And I think people pick up on that. I think you can tell when someone's like, yo, this may be a little bit weird, but man, this this floats my boat and, I, and I'm on board with this, you know? Uh, that's, my, that's my thought, I guess, on art and, mm-hmm. and, and putting a piece of work out there. And I feel like it, uh, it really does stretch into all walks of life, you know? It's, mm-hmm. it's not just art, it's it's all different people. It's whatever you're in business, you're in finance, you're whatever. You're going to see these things coming up, us being involved. So, yeah. So you talk about it in business and finance and stuff like that. Um, I agree. It's, it's going to be there because the message behind all that is, a, is, on, a, is on a more human level of coming inside. And it's about understanding yourself and, and having, having a little faith that the reason what led you to the path that you're on, there's some good in that. There's something right in that path that's brought you there. There's a reason why you're there. So how do you tap into that and commit to that? And really dive into what that, um, what the reason or, you know, you can say the universe, your path or whatever's brought you here has brought you here for a reason. 
don't hold back. Hopefully your passion. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully your passion brought you to what you're doing. Something that really fires you up and gets you going. Because if there's something that you're going to be working at for your life or for the next foreseeable future, yeah, I'm hoping that this is going to bring you a lot of joy. Because some days will be long, some days will be hard. You probably have to make sacrifices, give up a few things that you really wanted to do. So love it. Be there for it. Mm-hmm. And I think in that passion, then the losses, they become harder, they become more emotional, that's for sure, but probably there's more learning out of it because there's that much more investment. So we talk a lot about passion, and, and we just did a whole episode on, on meaning and, and purpose and whatnot, and I think this is a good segue in between these two, is that why don't we follow our passions more? Mm. Right? Like, why not? If you took a step back from life, remove the societal, cultural values and whatnot that we have or our image of what we think life's supposed to be about. Think about, okay, you got your life, your energy, your, your being put on here on earth. Certain things with inside of you really click, really get you going, really get you motivated and happy. But because of you know, blank, whatever you want to call it here, cultural, societal, Patterns, pattern, whatever it is, you don't follow that path, mm-hmm. and I think for a lot of people that 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 lingers in the map, but that in itself is is almost a missed key, you know. It's it's one of those ghosts that just is kind of hanging around there, and it needs. It's like I'm gonna wait here until you address me, <laughs> and if you don't, like it's gonna cause you some problems, mm-hmm. and and that's the same thing with the flip side of of I think of shame and of fear as much as you can bury yourself in the walls and, and, and try to hide from from those things like those missed keys will, will slip through the cracks no matter where you are as long as you're you're playing something right and, and and if you don't address them if you don't address the elephant in the room it becomes something much bigger and much more difficult to tackle and those ghosts will get larger it's like the whole concept of of, of addressing problems quickly in your life. This is, you know, anthropomorphized a lot in mythological stories about, you know, you know getting to the dragon when it's young, when it's still a baby <laughs> dragon. Because if you can stamp it out, you can, you know, you can you know, slay your dragons before they become these huge, colossal beasts. Well, well, then you will have stopped a problem before it grows into a very big one. But if you don't address it, it becomes this massive problem. You could even use Game of Thrones as an example of that. They didn't take out Khaleesi and her dragons early enough. And they even said in the first couple of seasons, oh, what's the, we don't have to be afraid of some young girl all the way across the other side of the ocean. She's still just a babe. Well, that little babe ended up growing three dragons that became these massive beasts and, you know, conquered Westeros. So it's the same kind of concept of <laughs> slay your dragons young and address them, address them when they're there. But you can call that shame, and you can also call on the other side of, of, of your passions and the things you don't listen to, right? You know, yeah, you, you got to like, address it until it, before it grows into a bigger problem. So I haven't seen Game of Thrones. What? Yes. What? I, Who the <laughs> hell are you? I don't live in a cave either. Remember when we talked about the 90% and the 10%? Well, yes. you're like in like the 2% until you <laughs> I haven't seen Game of Thrones, but I, I, I can follow what you said, and I... I like it because what I was thinking on that too is, in my mind, what happens when you meet that dragon when it's young? 
I don't think I stomp out that dragon. I don't think I slay that dragon. I think I befriend, I befriend the dragon. Of course you would. I want to <laughs> hang out with this dragon. You know, I'm not going to kill it and chop its head off. We're going to start to enjoy each other. And I can start to learn and understand that power. Okay. I start yeah, to know what it's like to really be in that place and not use it frivolously. Not get too crazy with it because it's something that's been nurtured and been mm. cared for since a young age you know putting that investment of time and love and energy just like it sounds like these people dismissed this girl with her dragons and yeah. she came and took out Westboro what oh, Westboro come on <laughs> Westeros. 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 God, like, cringing. So, yeah, so the girl had the dragons, and she grew up. Obviously, they were friends, and they loved each other, so... She was the mother of dragons. She was the mother of dragons. I just, I can't believe I had to explain Game of Thrones to someone. So... I was ignorant of myself. But I'm putting this into this context, (laughs) and I hope that we can have this two views on it because when it comes to something that we feel guilty about or something that we feel shameful about, I don't think that the best way is to to beat it down, to suppress it, to beat it out or anything like that, but really to to come to an understanding with it and understand why it is that way. Yeah. Like the dragon, why do you blow fire at me? You know, why do you want to kick me or whip me with your tail? Yeah. And really come to an understanding so that there can be a whole development of the person rather Mm -hmm. than hurting and trying to deal with it with the same type of energy. And it just can create a lot of friction and a lot of force that comes back and forth. And in that way, we can usually get rid of it. But like I said prior, patterns. So probably within one to seven years, this thing will come back up. And at that point, maybe there will be a chance for us to do it again, a little better, make the right choice and move into something new. Make room for another time to fail. Another time to make a mistake. Because in that place, I will find learning. I will find growth. Yeah. I like your your comment in regards of like, well, do you always need to slay your dragons? Speaking to the the mythological anthropomorphized sides of, of what that means, what that stands for, is like, it's addressing your demons. Maybe it's not slaying them, but it, it, it's a, it's addressing them and, and contending with your demons in there. But I like the part that you said there, though, also about, like, well, like, okay, I think actually Khaleesi is a great example of this because that's also your power. So then how do you also look at that from, like, you know, I guess, like, the non-negative standpoint of go and slay your dragons, go and, and deal with the things in life that bring you fear and malevolence and hold you back, have a grip upon you. Okay, I... I can see the other side of that being going to how do you harness that power? Because on the other side, that could be a strong power for you. To speak about the slaying of the dragons piece, you I still think that you definitely need to it's about facing it. Going mm-hmm. and facing your shame. Of facing course. your guilt. You facing know, that grief. At first the dragon's gonna wanna fight you, man. It's not just gonna be friends with you right away. You gotta show it that you're equal with it. Show it that you guys are playing on the same game, the same table. You got different tricks. And together, you can really work something out. Yeah, I mean, the whole concept of a dragon is this 
I mean, if we're talking about... Undefeatable monster. Well, that's what it is, right? It, the it's, scourge. It is the, the scourge of human fear. It is yes. our base fears. It is our biggest, our ultimate enemy is, mm-hmm. this, is this concept of a dragon. You know, it's a snake-like creature. Humans are massively predisposed to being afraid of snakes. It's, it's built into your DNA. Absolutely. Not me. It's built into the hypothalamus of your brain is that <laughs> response, that fear response. When you see a snake come by, you instantly visit the first chance you can have have a bit of a flinch and that's just protected that's found in chimpanzees and all kinds of monkeys and it's just built into our brains so there's this there's this there's innate fear around snakes um within humanity and and well humans are are the wielders of of fire that's 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 our 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 gift and our power and we know its power and so here comes along a beast a beast who is the eminence of fire they have, they have completely harnessed it beyond our power and, and, and thus its power is greater than ours and, and it's this winged demon looking thing that can fly around and, and terrorize you. And so uh, what the call is and what I, what I love about the hero's journey and the story behind that is that the call to each individual is to go and contend with that dragon, with that malevolence that lives with inside us all, mm-hmm. that you can live a life. And, and so the, the way that the, the, the hero's journey is kind of, kind of structured, there's your ordinary life is where it starts. Um, and this is written by... Um, Joseph Campbell. I was going to say, I thought it was Joseph Campbell. I couldn't remember his first name. But Joseph Campbell, right? Where it's like, you know, there's the, the beginning of the journey, there's ordinary life, and then there's that call to adventure. You know, the hero must rise to the call. And usually there's, you know, there's this companions uh, there's a rush away yeah, and he goes to the companions phase and all that like will come I won't go beyond the first part here but it's that call to adventure that, that spurs you when you think okay, okay I now had my ordinary life shattered that, that lens <laughs> of what I saw in real life what I thought was real what I thought was safe what I thought was good and you know and that, that happens in, in everyone's lives as you grow up you know you've you figured out how to get through adolescence and you, you've, you've, you've begun to build a bit of an identity and maybe you're at the point where you start to build a little bit of a world around you that's safe and is controlled and you think everything is good. And I think that's where those missed keys and where, these, where the ghosts eventually find their way to creep back into your world and say, hey, now that you're doing a little bit better, I'm still here and I still need to be dressed mm-hmm. and you need to contend with me. And that is that piece, that call to adventure where something will happen at some point in your life, whether it's a loss of a job, a loss of a loved one, or just, just anything that forces you to have to contend with with whatever is left unresolved inside of you. And I think the, the, the story about becoming a big dragon is because often we avoid that. We avoid that fight, and we have so for years, right? And so now when you're you know a fully grown person, you've had enough time to maybe push down or push aside what that that youthful fear, that youthful anxiety or, or, or whatever it is, whatever your malevolence is, and you push it away and you think it's safe and it's gone. Well, that's that dragon growing as you grow older and the stakes begin to rise and it comes to a point where you have to either rise to the call and say, okay, I'm ready now to go on my, my hero's journey. I am ready to dive in 
and, and face this beast. Mm-hmm. And and I don't I have no freaking idea what I'm doing. So along the way, what do you get? You get companions, you get travel mates, you have the thresholds to the, the barriers to your threshold we have to you have to cross. And it's not just like, okay, I'm ready to go fight this dragon. Huzzah. <laughs> like no, you'll die. You'll get a lose. You will you gotta get strong on you the gotta get stronger. That's you gotta right. go into that inner darkest cave and that's I Face think those little deep. fears before you get to that big one that's really been holding you back. Totally. You've gotta figure out that part of the journey right and so that's where that turning point the halfway point in the hero's journey is is entering the inner cave the deepest mm. cave and that's where that the first cave of wonders right it's that piece where you you go into your your inner the, the darkest inner cave and what i love about it being called that it's like well yeah we've all got that darkest inner cave that's those walls that's the walls and then you know in the in in my piece there about well, that's your inner cave, and you've, you've got to go in there and say, okay, guys, what the hell is going on in here? <laughs> I need some sort of super sword or staff, or I need some sort of power or motivation to, to say, enough. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you on, mm-hmm. and I'm probably going to lose. Where's the magic? But from that battle there, it, it raises the, the hero's confidence in that moment where you're like, you know what? I either rise from this cave or I crumble in it. And that's my comment about you either crumble on the cliff's edge or you leap. And you do so with nothing but courage. And hoping that on the undying wings of your faith and your belief within yourself and the power that you hold within, that you're going to fly. And you're going to fly right to that dragon's cave or his mountain or wherever the hell his dragon's hiding. And you're going to at least contend with it. But that is a tough journey. <laughs> oh, the, the... Right? And the hardest, the roughest. Yeah. And so to link this back, I guess, to my first question there, though, is there a link with the same story outline of, of facing your darkest fears or whatever it is to also facing your... or, or rising to your, your, your human potential? following your passion in that sense could you certainly could you spin the there's hero a story in a different way and I, i'm sure it's in there somewhere but maybe i missed that i don't know about spinning the hero's journey but there's of course there's a link because the shadows are the things that are limiting the potential and as the shadows are overcome the potential is now there it's being utilized until there's that greatest fight like you're saying you're leaving on that place that I hope I can contend. You know, you don't even know that you're going to win. You're hoping you contend. So even at that mindset, you you haven't achieved your greatest potential. You're still in a negative mindset. Mm -hmm. So once you overcome this thing that you were really unsure of yourself about, then boom. You start to open up to the that possibility that there's more things I'm unsure of that I can make it through. And from there, the potential has blossomed. From there, you have reached yourself. Mm-hmm. You have overcome these demons, these dragons, these ghosts, this mm-hmm. whatever we want to call it. And the link is certainly there because they are the opposites of each other. Would you say then to incorporate you know, passion into the hero's story, what we call passion in, in today and in, in your, your joy. Would you really think that's like the hero's power then? Is that what the, is that the power that the, the hero gets? Is that the, is that the Excalibur? Is that the, you know, the, the wand? What is it? 
Hmm. Yeah, that's that's that really interesting. <laughs> ah, yeah. You know, if it's not your superpower, it's the thing that leads you there. It's it's oh, uh, yeah. Okay. It's it's one of those companions that probably comes to you as a creature rather mm. than a human okay. that leads you to this this special thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think that passion. Yeah, passion. It's just Samwise Gamgee. More of a, a Galadriel than a Samwise oh, Gamgee. Yeah. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. Is that truly your your deepest passion then, or is that like what what is Lady Galadriel? And I know, obviously, what she is. Um, for those who don't, it's Lord of the Rings reference. That one I've watched. Was. I was about to smack you if you didn't pick up my Samwise comment. I was like, you know, we're done doing podcasts. Go get yourself educated in what matters in life. Um, but perhaps you're right. Perhaps it's those, it's those pieces along the way that mm-hmm. help you... Hey, you wanted to talk about Lady Galadriel, didn't you? Well, I was going to, then I realized I don't even know where I was going to go with that. Oh. (laughs) Do you have a place you wanted to go with Lady Galadriel? Well, so, she's a knower. She's someone that is very connected to the land, to the people, to the magic. She's someone that can communicate with others. So, she's like a spiritual force. Something that is there for all of us if we are able to receive it and in times of need she can be there and she can use her connections her her felt love into this world to put you on a path towards that Excalibur I think that... I, I think I've picked up on something there okay I think she's the archetypal mother in the okay. sense of what mo- of, of, of nature Mm-hmm. Right, she's nature. She's in the woods. She's literally in the woods, and she's the lady. Of, she's the lady of the wood. I think is her name, right? And so, there's this archetypal mother who is incorruptible, right? She's incorruptible um, because she she passes the test, right? She resists temptation against the ring. Mm-hmm. So this this archetypal good mother element that restores the fellowship a little bit after you know running ragged brings them life back into themselves, but sets Frodo on the path of like, okay, here is the truth. You have to do this on your own. And you do this, the fellowship's not going to help you. It's only up to you. And so here's a little bit of light. She literally gives him a vial. It's a star, right? Yeah, here's a yeah. little bit of light. When you go into your darkest cave, which he does go into the darkest cave. He's fighting Shelob up there. That's when he pulls out his light. So when Frodo is, and that comes after the moment that Frodo's been abandoned by Sam. Mm -hmm. Abandoned, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And abandoned by Smeagol for sure. Gollum comes out and leaves him. So here's our hero completely abandoned now has to deal with... All of his tools are gone. He's just left with himself. And his light. No one to reach to. Right? And so he's trapped in that cave, literally in the cave, with the spider. And he's tangled up in the web. Mm. He's tangled up in this web of malevolence with this beast coming All the him. identities. And he has to face this. And so what does he do? He reaches for that little bit of light to try and guide him out of it. And then he gets stabbed. <laughs> and then he actually doesn't make it through. But Samwise comes to save the day. And I don't know the answer of, of, of that yet. I haven't thought about why. Well, that's like um, you went to a place that was so dark 
it tore you up to a place that you've never been to before. You've now gone to this death. You're, you're, you're dead, but you're not gone. You're still here. Oh, okay. Okay? So, like, it's called many things. The ego, death, a spiritual awakening, a self-realization, the, the dark, dark night of the soul. soul. Yes. Exactly. So there's all these different translations of what it yeah. is, but it's that moment where you a part of you dies. Yeah, absolutely. Something there yeah. is dead. It's gone. And somehow, through those connections, through that web, through that love, through what you've done, what you've been through, your experience, you rise as something new, something fresh. And in that space, there may be more to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And I guess you could say, you know, Samwise is that representation. I mean, he's this, he's this jolly guy who can't be determined. He's got this fiery courage inside of him. Um, you know, in many ways, I mean, he's, he's such, he's the hero of this, of this, of the story. Yeah. Um, but perhaps what he represents is, is purest companion that when you're, when you're, when you, a part of you has died, well, just like, I guess, like I said, in, in, in play through the fall where it's like, if you reach out, someone will be there when you're in your darkest, in your darkest place, someone will come to you Mm -hmm. or something. You don't know what it is, but maybe it's that companion that that person who can at least help you get started and get you back out there and on your feet again. And it's that representation of of a second chance or assistance. Yeah. Yeah. Second chance sounds like a great way of putting it. Because he pulls Frodo from, from captivity, from, you know, death and what he thinks is going to be. And he takes the ring from Roto at, at one point. Yeah. Right? Like he takes that ring from him. So perhaps it's the burden you don't have to carry by yourself hmm. always. Right. Perhaps that's when you've reached that darkest part of your cave and you're, you're in there and you're, you're, you're contending and you're not, you don't always win, but you don't have to do it alone. And he, and, and something or someone We'll, you know, we'll be there to help shift that burden a little. And that's why he takes it. He gives the ring back to Frodo once he's able to stand up again. Yeah. Here you go. Mm-hmm. There's a thought there. Lord of the Rings. What a, it's such a genius book. The best. It's the, the, it's best. the smartest. Ugh. I was a fanatic, that's for oh, sure. Man. When I was a kid. How many times oh, you watch it? Goodness. I don't want to give a number, but it would be so high. So I had a friend, my best friend, Stephen Howard. I would go sleep over at his house and we would watch all three. Yeah. This was a regular occasion. Absolutely. His mom would be making quesadillas. Mm. We'd each have a giant jug of juice. We'd be rocking out watching this Lord of the Rings all night long, man. <laughs> we even painted up the miniatures of it, played oh, game, man. everything. Fanatics. I hear you. I did the same thing. No I, way. I had a buddy named Mark. We were we loved it. We watched all the time. My my brothers and sisters, we watched this movie every time we drove to you know Jasper or whatever it was. Like yeah. it was constantly on. Um, I think that like I think I've watched it, you know, with every relationship that I've ever been in. I'm like, look, we can't go any farther in this relationship until you understand how much I love Lord of the Rings. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then there's all the video games, all the other things that come from it. Because I think it's the purest form of a story about Good, evil, the hero's journey. Power. Power, the corruptibility of man. Mm. 
that lives inside of all of us. I mean, man, as in as how as we can all be influenced. How we can all we're be always being influenced. There's there's dark powers out there that will always you know you know think that they have the right hand and the right message and the right path ahead of you. But I mean, ultimately, it's just the duty of everyone to contend with whatever evil lies within. And be kind to nature. Don't fuck with nature. Oh, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Tree beards coming There's a lot of tree beards in BC. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so how do we get on this topic? We we're talking about shame, and we were talking about. Um, hey, I got a question for you before you move okay, on. Well, actually, did you rent from the library those old school cartoon versions of Lord of the Rings? Oh, I never saw the cartoon ones, but I saw the oh, ones. Buddy, you I saw the Hobbit. They're so like they're so ghetto. I had the VHS. The yeah, VHS, yeah. like I don't know what was it been nineteen. It had to be like nineteen forties. I don't know. Pinocchio came out like 1940, 1941, or something like that. Okay. So this must have came out around that time. I'm gonna figure it out. When was when did that animated series come out? Because I know what you're talking about. My cousin Lance rented it and we watched it and it was hilarious. If you out there haven't seen the animated versions of like The Hobbit or The Lord of the Rings, missing out. But we were talking about shame and passion and perhaps the connectivity that's between those two there. Mm -hmm. Right? Is it the same thing that holds you back from addressing your darkest pain? that holds you from seeking your greatest pleasure. I would say so. Hmm. Just based on my own my own experience, you know. The inability to address those things that in my life held me back. Yeah. That I was a I was afraid to deal with and I just ignored and then just pushed aside and said screw it like that's not real. What's in front of me is real. Just contend with that. Hmm. And not doing that, I mean like I, I was just all over the place constantly you know unable to focus on or figure out what my passion was and what is it that I want to fearlessly pursue because there's just all this other crap lying around in the back of your mind that you're afraid to go and and address it until you've until you've had to go in there and, and, and contend with those ghosts and address them I mean how do you move forward to address use that power now so maybe it's the dragon story until you maybe you don't have to slay your dragon maybe you, you you need to tame your dragon you gotta make things right and use that dragon to conquer Westeros that's right I don't know if that's right that maybe is right conquer, metaphorically that was my idea so I'm glad right. it came around to that <laughs> it was your idea thank you for incepting that into me you think that's, you think that's right I mean like yeah okay so then why do you feel that we don't why don't we feel like we don't address these things sooner? Or, or, or why is it that we have to go to that horrible place in order to address them? Well, or do be, we have to? It's, it's because, I guess in this analogy, it's become that way. You know, we have unconsciously let it get to become that way. Our mind has a lot of influence over us. So if we think something's bad or something hurt us, consciously or unconsciously, that's that belief will grow if we continue to think that that's true that belief grows and it becomes stronger the longer that we hold it with us mm. so i think in that analogy that that would be what it is i think it's fair interesting mm-hmm. huh 
ghosts. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. Man, I've been afraid of lots of ghosts, that's for sure, many times along the way. I mean, real ghosts. Yeah, yeah, I definitely do. I've heard too many stories to to not believe in ghosts. Have you seen this new show, um, what's it called, Surviving Death? No. Okay, man, it's weird. There's a whole mediumship episode two and three, and I don't know about that, but but then again, I mean, all this is very interesting concept. It's, you know... What is what is the being of life? What is reality in life? And and I'm working on this theory, and whatever the hell that means. I mean, I don't know. I'm not really the theory of theory. life. But like, I'm looking at this idea. Let's call it that. That's more accurate. I have this idea of like, okay, so in the brain, you don't know. You can't locate where consciousness is. We Why would it be in your brain? Well, okay, fine, fair enough. Why would it be in your brain? <laughs> All right, sure, got right to it. And we talked a lot about, we talked in another episode uh, of our show here of about how if we are comprised of everything that created the universe, you know, if you know, the Big Bang happened and there's, you know, stardust and all the material and atoms and, and, and um, elements that were out in space, drifted off and created us and we have the same elements within us and the same, you know, fibers, the stardust that lives inside our body. So if everything that happens or that's, you know, out in the universe in some form or another is within inside us, then, well, then is the essence of, of consciousness or of being inside of that. And is that what then connects us to each other and to everything, right? And so, and that's a very condensed scripture of, of that thought. I don't want to repeat myself on, on the show, Peter, but say you take that, that there is something interwoven mm-hmm. inside of us that connects us, this idea of consciousness, like when you become really close with somebody and you almost feel like, you know, over time, like married couples who end up like thinking and acting almost as one, dressing the same, acting the same, you play the same thoughts through your own, each other's kind of heads and minds naturally. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, so a consciousness that can expand and collect and connect with others. If there is this connection that we all kind of sort of have with each other um, and, and the world, then if, if, if consciousness is that piece, you know, it can't be defined inside the head. I'm trying to think of it as, wonder if it's like a, if it's like a vacuum. That what you, the whole law of attraction piece, like what you, what you, what you think on, what you consciously bring into your purview, you attract inwards, right? And so are you... Are you someone who is closed off from other people and therefore struggling to expand beyond yourself is first to you know, deal with yourself and why that is so that you can go and you can expand to others. Because if you're in a negative place, you just seem to draw negative energy in. If you're in a positive place, you seem to draw positivity in, right? So is that you kind of commanding the universe to bring all that in? So then the thought with mediumship and this whole like, surviving death and this, this consciousness this reincarnation thought that I'm trying to kind of get around my, my head to is that if you die physically and the peace that made you you know conscious this, this this being of light that is life that is sorry connected all throughout the universe well then does that really get destroyed and they do a good job I think in that first episode of at least explaining like um, near-death experiences and what that feeling is like I don't really know what it's like, but I'll take their word for it. Um, it seems to be in jive with everything else that I've heard about near-death experiences. And, like, 
just wafting through time and all of a sudden time and space and everything just it's you break through of what our conventional um, understandings of of what time is the whole linearness of it and you feel like you have a whole universe within you in, in one moment does that mean that you know are ghosts other consciousness are they that being of, of life manifesting in different ways Mm. is that what a ghost is that's interesting right like is that just that, that whatever's in the air and everything around us that connects us to things is that what's there mm-hmm. I don't know or is that it's something that thought. you're is that something that you're creating hmm? yeah okay so or, the back of my idea of putting that out there and you're pulling that in yeah okay yeah, yeah. it All could right. or like you're saying is it something that's out there that is probably similar to us, but not like us. That has well, an like oper- that it's... has an opportunity. Us in the in the ground light. Okay. Right. So you were talking about the consciousness that links us all. Yeah. So maybe in that consciousness that links us all, there is other things that can control that take control. So when you're in a negative state, mm. or you're not doing too well in life. Maybe there's something that's influencing you more than something else. Mm. You know, like that that battle of the good and evil. There's something good, there's something negative, and you have the choice of what you're actually going to be living through. Are you going to give your choice to that negativity, or are you going to give that choice to the positivity? And these could possibly be other entities that are moving through the consciousness. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it feels right to say that consciousness is energy in some form, right? Because when you think about that, then, then what you've just said there and what, you know, what I was talking about earlier, well, it kind of links all that together in the sense of like, you know, positives attract, negatives, you know, like it's, it can't be created, it can't be destroyed energy just passes it doesn't mm-hmm. get destroyed it's it's there it's right? and that creating would, itself in different ways manifesting in different ways right yeah, yeah. it just transfers mm-hmm. it, it, it just, so that would I'm make pretty sense sure science you know, has even said that all that we perceive is the exact same energy manifesting itself in different ways I, I, I can get behind that that's what the big S is saying. The big S. The big S dogs. <laughs> whoever those may be just like you know because that's a really you know like that voice and science, you know science says, right? <laughs> you know science, yeah, of course. We all know science. That guy over there, right? He uh, looks, that girl's not as sexy. He looks something like Suzuki. I'm telling you. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. <laughs> all your knowledge. Stop killing whales. Where were we? <laughs> Consciousness. Consciousness. Ghosts. of consciousness. Well, so, energy. Energy manifesting yeah. itself in all different ways. And that's why I think law of attraction makes sense if you think about it that way. Like mm-hmm. what energy you're putting out there is what it's attracting and absorbing, yes. right? Where attention goes, energy flows. Ooh, baby. I yes, love that. That's, you know, But that's it also makes sense with the whole ghost thing. It makes sense with the whole ghost thing too. Yes. It's just like, okay, so... Like I said, about six months ago or a year ago or I don't know, maybe a year ago now, if we started having these conversations, I'd be like, what the 
fuck is this guy talking? Actually, in all of our conversations before, when we used to live together, you know, back in 2017, 18, 19, yeah. whatever the hell it was, I was like, what the hell is up with this guy? He's just so out there. Like, he's just a hippie, hippie guy. I don't understand anything he's talking about. But I've now, never I'm considered like, myself a hippie, even. I have. What? How have you not? <laughs> that is probably the more questioning this earlier. It's like, how have you not? I don't know. I don't know. Your name is the Friendly Neighborhood Yogi. That's not the friendly neighborhood hippie. <laughs> I don't know. It just seems like you live in a caravan half the time. It's just like I, it's the Tyler show. I could, that's for sure. You definitely could. That'd be fun. And I can see. I've been thinking doing, about right? outfitting one of those vans. You know, it's it's a thought. My buddy's def- doing it. It is a tremendous overhaul. I got a guy Shout that would. You codes. I got a guy that would do it. You know, I would help learn a little bit, but basically he would he would handle the situation. <laughs> Why feel like there was like an assassination? I've got a guy who could do that. <laughs> he can take care of that for you. Well, I mean, codes. If you need help, man, I got a guy. <laughs> oh, the joys of where this will take us. What are we saying there, though? I feel distractible today. Quite, yeah. There was something important I was about to say. Yeah, we were talking about. Oh, sorry. Let me finish my thought on this whole like um, how I wouldn't have understood what you were saying at all. Yeah. Because like I wasn't there from an aware level of awareness, right? And so now that I I would say that my awareness has shifted, I'm like, all right, okay, there's something here. Now there seems to be a little bit more that I'm picking up on that I'm observing about how individuals interact with one another the stories that were told the the movies the books and things that we read and listen to and, and, and even just music it seems so like weird to say but like i swear to you i swear to you music hits me differently and i would say that like you know i guess for those listening who don't i guess know me or my story like i recently went through what i would say is like my my inner cave or whatever that mm-hmm. is right and coming out of that like i swear to you music sunsets like life just seems to hit a little bit more differently because things are brighter aren't they 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 seem brighter the colors seem a little bit more vibrant and like just oh it's just appreciation and gratitude for more for what life is but like i guess the way that i went out or got out of that was through this kind of spiritual I guess, journey of some sense so like okay well how am i so how have i fallen so far from the graces of what I what I wanted to do out of my life. How did I miss my target? Going back to this whole aim thing. Mm-hmm. How did I miss my target so badly? Mm-hmm. Like so badly. And I don't even understand how I got myself all twisted. But like things in my life actually weren't all that bad, relatively speaking. But inside of, of, of here, like it was, it was a bad place to be. It wasn't it wasn't good. So my journey out of that was, you know, spiritual. And so now that I'm out in there and I'm seeing this stuff more, we put meaning more as humans to the things that we see, but perhaps that's what you attract in. So if you're someone who's like sensitive to ghosts or you thinking about ghosts and you think about that energies more, just like in the way that people say, well, you're, you're pulling more meaning into that. So you're obviously you're going to look for it and see it more. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe in the same, on a, just a thought is that if you're, putting that energy out there, maybe you're also attracting that back in. It's the same kind of message of attraction in that sense. And it's not all just, well, if you start thinking about buying a red car, all of a sudden you'll see red cars more often. There actually is some valid psychology behind that, but I don't think you'll notice the same. them. You'll notice them. You'll more notice for sure. them because you're starting to invest some energy into it. Like that where attention goes, energy flows thing, right? Yeah. So if I even here's a good one that most people will be able to think of. When you buy a new car 
that car, you start seeing it everywhere. For sure. You probably thought like, oh man, I'm going to be the first guy, you know, not many people are driving this car. Once you get it, you're going to notice that car all over the place and be like, huh, interesting. Now it's just because brain's you're familiar with it. You're, yeah, the brain's It's, like memory, it's focused. Right? You put you're a focus and attention to that, right? Mm-hmm. And and now there's a whole lot of different studies though that would 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 say that look that is just because like you know the whole there's like there was this video like years and years and years ago about uh, a, a team in white passing balls back and forth and a team in black passing balls back and forth and you have to count them and in you know at the end of the, the study like did you see the white gorilla and they, the hell like like what do you mean white gorilla and it goes in the background and you're distracted. yeah it's just hanging out there because you're distracted focusing on something else there so i would say that in, in regards to the whole car thing, I think that our eyes and our minds or our brains are shaped to focus on what on one thing or, or, or we can target something specifically so that we handle a certain task well. It's like if you are scanning a crowd of people, as long as everyone is you know relatively staying within the confines of what they're expected to do within that crowd area, you're not going to pick up and notice things. But if someone just starts jumping around like a maniac and freaking out, like your mind's going to pick up on that quickly. That's right. What I'm suggesting is a little bit different in, in, in talking about like energy attraction mm-hmm. in the sense of, okay, so if you look at law of attraction and you say like, well, all right, I'm going to think of, I'm going to visualize success, I'm going to focus on success, I'm going to focus on, on, on finances and stuff like that, and I'm going to attract that. Okay, is that more the car thinking more or is it the same as like, all right, I have now opened my eyes to a deeper level of, of, of awareness, of spirituality, and understanding a little bit more about life and what's going on there. Is it a different energy that you're pulling in and attracting, or is it the same thought process of just now your brain's just more focused in on it? Because if it is, then the whole, I think the whole thought about ghosts maybe just falls apart. And it's already a weak standpoint to stand on anyways, because it's I don't even know how you would explain ghosts, to be honest. I watch these shows, but I don't understand how to explain it. But is there a difference in energy in that sense between what your mind is just focusing on and what kind of energy you actually are pulling in? So is there a difference in the energy? No, there's not a difference in the energy. The energy is the same. But the amount of energy that you're utilizing can be different. And the more focus that you want to put into something, the more passion. What draws up energy is not a thought. What draws up energy is focus, intention, drive, passion. These Mm. things stir up energy. A thought is just a thought. We need to really latch on to a thought and start to create a story around it, start to formulate a plot for it, start to sit with it, know if it's the right one for us or it's the wrong one for us, maybe just feels good right now. So from that point, from the thought to the execution, there, there's a great deal of energy that is utilized. And that's the difference between just a thought and something that we're and an action, I guess I could say. The difference between a thought and an action is the amount of energy that's being utilized. Is there something you could, you could like give a, 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 like a relatable example, I suppose, to that? A relatable example. Okay, yeah, for sure. So like, I guess going on that law of attraction thing. I've never watched The Secret. Put that one out there. Oh, too. The Secret was interesting. Yeah, it, okay, was, so it was anyways, weird. It was kind of hippy-dippy done, but I liked there's, it. There's... If you want something in life, you can think about it when you wake up in the morning and think like, okay, I want a Ferrari. 
that's good. You can put a picture on your wall of a Ferrari. Okay, that's good. You can write in a book every day 10 times, I want a Ferrari, I want a Ferrari, I want a Ferrari, that's good. These are fine things, this is okay. But how much focused divine energy are you putting into this? So I would think that the level to change that would to be sit down with something, close your eyes, deepen your breath, start to visualize what it feels like to own a Ferrari. What does it feel like to be driving that Ferrari? Where am I going with this Ferrari? What am I doing with this Ferrari? Start to really feel that Ferrari and start to walk with that energy that I have a Ferrari. I got a Ferrari in my garage right now. That's how you'll actually get it. That's the stuff that I teach people. So that's the difference in utilizing your energy. What, what, are, you, what are you actually applying yourself to? How are you making this happen? So the way we work is our feeling dictates a lot of what's going on. A lot of what our brain is releasing, a lot of what our organs are releasing is has to do with exactly how we're feeling. That's why if we're scared or if we're in a bad mood, things can hurt us more, things can affect us more on a physical and an emotional level. And if we're really happy, if we're having a good day, things are rolling nice, something that would have hurt us that day, we can probably just laugh it off. It's all good, it's okay. And that's about utilizing that energy, making yourself to feel like you're a new person, you know? When when did I lose this thing? When did I forget about being happy? These questions that people may eventually come to. It's it's an opportunity to see where the dragon lies mm. in that place of when did I lose this? When did I start stop forgetting who I was? You know? And once you go through your quest, your journey, then you come back and you, uh, you've applied all that energy. Now you apply that energy to things you really want and you, you're, you're magnified, you're elevated. If you want to actually accomplish something in life, how would you do it? How would you take care of it? And that's the way to get what you want, to be what you want, to feel what you want. Put it all in it. Life rewards life. Life will just give you more life if you give it all to it. Mm -hmm. If you're in for any, you're in for all. Sure. <laughs> don't, don't, don't go halfway. Yeah. That, that was a lesson. That was a good lesson, I think, that I learned a, long, a little while ago. Was if you're in for any, like just go, just go in for it all. Because why? Why hang out on the side? You know? Mm -hmm. You only get half results if you give half the effort. That's right. Yeah. I think it's a good place to... To wrap this. That was a beautiful little ending segment. I want to give you props for that. Oh, thank you very that. much. I liked that. Well, I think that that's going to bring this to a tie right at an hour. So, uh, once again, this is Toby. And I'm Tyler. We're tackling today's troublesome truths. <laughs> Making depth comfortable. So comfy. So comfy. Like a nice little, little, little memory foam. Feather bed. Ooh, a little fuzzy pillow. Mm. Mm, this is the depth of this fuzzy pillow sitting under a wishing tree mm. wishing I had more fuzzy pillows than they are you attract it <laughs> instant I put the energy out manifestation <laughs> we'll talk about that another day alright goodbye everybody <laughs>